Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I'm just very grateful uh, for your interest in spiritual things and that you have taken out time from your busy schedule to tune in and listen to this episode today. It's truly a blessing and honor to be able to do this and to labor for the Lord. Very thankful for the avenue of a podcast and very grateful to be on the Scattered Abroad Network. I do want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to go and check out that network. We have a website, scatterabroad.org. We have a Facebook page, an Instagram page, a YouTube channel. And you can also contact us via email at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. But just very, very excited for the network and to be a part of this is truly a great honor. And so I thank you so much for listening to Weathering the Storm. And I hope and pray that this has been able to help you Uh, to navigate through the difficulties that you may face in your life. Today we are recording episode 20, which means that we only have one episode left after this. Hard to believe uh, that this season is coming to a close, but this has been an incredible season for me personally because I've been able to use it as a therapy session. As I mentioned in the first episode, I lost my dad October 28th, and dealing with his death has been difficult. Uh, but I'm, I've tried to use this avenue of, of a podcast, use this platform to kind of talk through it, go through and walk through the things that I experienced in hopes that it can help you and maybe help somebody else down the road who has to go through a difficult time like this. But the truth of the matter is we all face storms. We all face them at different degrees. Sometimes it's directly, indirectly, but we all navigate and have to navigate through this thing called life. So again, I hope that this podcast in particular will help you to do that. Today's episode title actually comes from a hymn. The hymn is titled, Till the Storm Passes By. And the title comes from the second stanza, When Satan Whispers, There's No Need to Try. When I was planning out this season and looking at some episode titles, this one kind of stuck to me. And I said, you know, I kind of want to put this toward the end because this kind of really gets to the heart of the matter. Satan is our adversary. He is our enemy, 1 Peter 5, 8. He wants us to suffer. He wants us to struggle. Ultimately, he wants us to stop serving God and start serving him. He wants us to curse God. He wants us to turn our back on God and on God's people. He wants us to give in to the the, the temptations, all these different things that, that his influence uh, brings about in this world. He wants us to embrace the darkness and shun the light. Satan is not our friend. He is our enemy. He does not want to see us be successful. You see, Satan's fate is already sealed. So now his mission and purpose is to bring as many people with him as possible. And so what do we do? when we're facing the storms of life and Satan wants to kick us while we're down? What do we do when Satan whispers, there's no need to try? Why don't you just give up? Have you ever felt like giving up? Have you ever felt like throwing in the towel? Have you ever felt like this isn't worth it? Maybe you felt that way. Maybe you feel that way right now as you listen. What we want to do today is is I want to read the lyrics to the second stanza 
of this hymn and bring out a few statements that are made. And then I want to look at some Bible examples of individuals who felt like giving up, but then hopefully encourage all of us to never give up, to never give in, to always keep pushing forward to the glory of God. Again, I'm reading this stanza, second stanza from the hymn to the storm passes by. Many times Satan whispers, there is no need to try, for there's no end of sorrow, there's no hope by and by. But we pause there for a moment. Notice what Satan is trying to say. There's no need to try because he says there's no end of sorrow. The pain, the sorrow that you're going through in life, there's no end to that. So there's no point in trying. And then he says there's no hope by and by. We've talked about this on this podcast that there's nothing more demoralizing than hearing the words no hope. If you just have a glimmer of it, just an ounce of it, that is enough to keep you going. But when there's the moment that comes and there's no hope, then that just turns everything around. And so that's what Satan wants you to believe. Remember that he is the father of lies, a murderer from the beginning, John 8. He wants to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what we find in John chapter 10. Jesus knew how Satan could be, how crafty he was, how evil and sinister he was with all of his methods and his tactics. And we need to be aware of him as well. We need to respect the fact that he knows what he's doing and he's good at it. And if we let our guard down, he will attack us through his influence. So when he tells you through the influence and through the way the world works and through the dark times of your life, there's no need to try. Why don't you just give up? There's no hope. There's really no benefit, no point in in continuing on. What do we do when we feel that way? I mentioned to you that there are a few Bible examples that that come to mind. I want to share them with you and then uh, hopefully be able to go back to some of these lyrics and to think about them for a moment together. The first one that comes to my mind when (laughs) there's someone who just felt like giving up, who felt like, you know what, this isn't worth it. I'm just not even going to try anymore. Is that's that's Jonah. Jonah is a very uh, interesting person to study because he was perhaps the most successful prophet if you look at the way that people responded. Now, keep in mind, they were actually responding to God and God's word, and the power is never in the messenger. It's always in the message. So that wasn't that, that Jonah was this you know, such a powerful, prominent speaker that when everybody heard him, they just repented because of his great ability, but rather it's because of the power of God's word. But you remember that God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and to preach truth to them and tell them that, listen, y'all need to repent. <laughs> you, you need to you need to get things right or God will destroy you. And when you go and read the book of Nahum, you see that, well, About a hundred years later, they didn't heed the warning the way they ought to, and they were destroyed. And so Jonah runs away from God. He runs as far as he can, but of course you can't outrun God. Psalm 139, God's everywhere, he sees it. And so he's thrown overboard, you remember, and the big fish swallows him, and so for three days he's in the belly of the fish, 
And Jesus would allude to this, John 12, uh, speaking of the comparison between him being in the grave for three days and coming out. But when Jonah was, was back on dry land, now he has a, a change of heart, if you will. And so he was running away from God. Now he is running to God. He, he has that prayer, I want to make things right. I want to do what you want me to do. So when you get into chapter 3, Jonah's running with God. He's preaching. He says eight words. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That was a, a sermon. And those eight words, that eight word sermon, the, everybody there repented. You have a lot of people who made things right, including the king who, who repented and, and made a decree. And we're going to make this right. We're going to do what's right. But then in Jonah chapter 4, we have Jonah running ahead of God in the sense that he's just ready to give up. And you have Jonah pictured as sulking, you know. Well, now all those Ninevites who did all that, now they're now everything's going to be fine. He tells God, he said, I, I knew that. I knew that's what you would do. Jonah was one who felt like there's no need to try. He was ready to give up. Is ready to throw in a towel. Another example that we have is is that of Elijah, and we're going to talk about Elijah in the next episode, you know, even more. But in First Kings eighteen and nineteen, when he has that great victory on Mount Carmel, you know, everything is going great, and then as soon as chapter nineteen comes and he hears that Jezebel uh, is ready to kill him, he he says, "I'm ready to die. I'm ready to give it up." He he prays that God would just take his life from him. So when you think about the example of Elijah, again, we're going to mention him, Lord willing, next week, episode 21, a little bit deeper. But he's someone who maybe he did what Satan said. There's no need to try. Just give up. And he says, I'm ready to die now. Another example is that of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 20, uh, verses 7 through 13, if you'd like to read that. We won't take the time to do so, but... I do want to emphasize that, that Jeremiah felt like I'm, I'm ready to give up. Verse 9 is one of my favorite verses. He said, I was ready to give up. I was ready to throw in the towel. Then I said, I will no longer speak anymore in his name, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. I was weary with forbearing. I could not contain it. So he was ready to give up, but he said, I, I got to go and proclaim what God has said. I got to proclaim God's word. It was in his heart like a burning fire. He had to get it out. But you see, Satan wants you to keep it within. He does not want you to get that out. He wants to tell you, listen, nobody's listening to you. Won't you just quit? There's no need to try. There's no need to continue on doing this. And so Jeremiah was one. We call him the weeping prophet, uh, the one who you know, watched the funeral service of Jerusalem. That's the book of Lamentations. Someone who certainly went through these trials, went through storms. All the while, you, you just picture Satan whispering, Hey, Jeremiah, why don't you just quit? Why don't you just give up? There's no need to try. What about David? And we could spend so much time thinking about David and times when he ran, literally ran for his life and times when he was just so low. But my mind went to Psalm 13 and just kind of want to read this for you. The emphasis of this psalm is, is putting all your trust in the salvation of the Lord. But he says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? 
How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long would my enemy be exalted over me? He opens up with those questions. I wonder if David felt like, what's the point? Lord is in his mind is is not there for me. He's hiding his face from me. I'm trying to navigate through life, but I have sorrow in my heart daily. My enemy's being exalted over me. Can you picture Satan? David, why don't you just give up? There's no need to try. There's no end of this sorrow. You're having sorrow in your heart daily. There's no end of it. There's there's no hope. I want you to listen to the rest of this psalm, though, as we make the transition to how we can weather the storm when Satan whispers there's no need to try. How can we counter that? How can we answer? Let's work backwards. So here we start with David, Psalm 13, verse 3. He says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. You see, verses 5 and 6, it's the conclusion of a man for God's own heart. When Satan keeps whispering, there's no need to try. There's no way out of this. David says, I've trusted in the mercy of my God and my heart shall rejoice in his salvation. Because of that trust, because of that rejoicing, he's going to sing, because God has dealt bountifully with him. God has been there for him. There is a need to try. There is a need, a purpose to keep going. And God gives us reasons every single day why we need to keep moving forward. So when Satan whispers, there's no need to try. Let's keep our trust in the Lord, and keep rejoicing in the blessings He bestows upon us. We go back to the example of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, there's no need to try. Nobody's listening to you. It's not worth all this pain and suffering. Jeremiah says, His word was in my heart like a burning fire. I have a duty. I have a responsibility. I have a privilege, an honor, a joy of being a spokesman for God. That's what Jeremiah said. He said, It was in my heart like a burning fire. I could not contain it any longer. Would he suffer? Would he struggle? Absolutely he would. But he did it to the glory of God, which made it all worth it. It makes all the effort worth it when God can be glorified. And we think about Elijah. Again, something that we're going to mention in the next episode, but I love the way in chapter 19, when Elijah feels like he's all by himself and he's ready to give up, God says, listen, there's others. There's others who have not put their knee to bail. I have other faithful people around you. And that's such a great reminder for us. When Satan whispers there's no need to try, just look at your brothers and sisters in Christ. And that ought to be a motivating factor to say, you know what, I need to be there for them too. I need to be that encouragement, that example for them to look to. That's a reason to keep trying. That's a reason to keep moving forward. I may not feel like it that day. But if I'm a selfless individual and I can put somebody else first, I can think, you know, maybe by me going and being there for them today or, or going out and doing this service, even when Satan's saying there's no need to try, there's no point in doing it, think of the impact and encouragement you can make on someone else 
that can help them get through it. And so from these examples, really we can learn that there's always a need to try. There's always a need and a purpose to keep moving forward. From that great, that great hymn, that great stanza, there are three statements I want us to think on as we bring this episode to a close. Number one, he claims, Satan claims here, there's no need to try because there is no end of sorrow. We know the Bible says something a lot different, doesn't it? In Revelation 21, I, John, saw the holy city coming down like a bride adorned for her husband. Remember what he said? God will wipe away all tears. There will be no more tears. There will be no more pain. There will be no more death. Be no more sorrow. For all the former things have passed away. Satan claims there's no end of sorrow. The Bible says, oh yes, there is. There's going to be that day when sorrow will no longer exist. Think about that. No pain, no suffering, no hospitals, no nursing homes. That pain, the former things have passed away. That's what we can look forward to. That's the reason to try. That's the reason to keep pushing forward. Because as we mentioned in the last episode, Romans 8.18, the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Heaven will surely be worth it all. So keep pushing forward. Keep weathering that storm. Even when Satan whispers, there's no need to try. But then he says there's no hope. In Romans 8 and verse 24, it says that we're saved by hope. There is hope. There's a hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, has promised us. Titus 1, 1 and 2. We have this hope as an anchor of the soul. Hebrews 6, 18 and 19. We have a hope in heaven that can never be taken away from us. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. My little children, these things I write unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. 1 John five thirteen. We have a living hope, a real hope of heaven. So even though Satan tries to get you to believe, oh, there's no hope. There's no point. You might as well just give up. We can remember those passages and remember those promises from God, from his word. And certainly we can remember what Jesus said to his followers. That applies to us as well. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in us. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There is hope. There is a reason to keep pushing forward. And and I love the way that the song brings this out. But I know thou art with me, and tomorrow I'll rise where the storms never darken the skies. There's the whole point. For I know you are with me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I shall not fear. What can man 
do to me. Brethren and friends, when you are weathering the storm and Satan is seemingly in your ear whispering, why don't you just give up? It would be so easy just to stop. Just stay in bed Sunday morning. Just just go and watch this instead of picking up your Bible. Spend time doing something you enjoy. Don't spend time in prayer. When Satan keeps on trying to keep you down and keep you far away from God, let's remember that he is a liar and his false claims have no merit. He says there's no need to try. God says, oh, yes, there is. Satan says there's no end of sorrow. God says, yes, there is. Satan says there's no hope. God says, yes, there is. Let's always remember to take God's word, not Satan's. Let's remember to trust in God all the way, knowing that He will keep us safe until the storm passes by. I thank you so much for listening today, and I hope and pray that this study has helped you and will help you in the future to weather the storms of life as they come your way. Thank you so much. May God bless you. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.